Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. to um, read to you from the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to start at chapter 4 and read from verses 7 through to 12. And this morning my sermon title is God's Treasure in and Through Us. And I'm going to talk a little bit... Oh dear. I'm going to talk a little bit about cracked pots today. So... (laughs) All right. But we have this treasure... In earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always being delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And then from the New Living Translation. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne of grace in the wonderful and the matchless name of Jesus. The name that is above every name, the powerful name of Jesus, the beautiful name of Jesus, the wondrous and all-knowing name of Jesus. And Lord, we just commit ourselves this morning to receive from you what you would show us through this word. Father, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer as I bring this message this morning. Father, the revelation that you've given me, it may be for some here But as I speak your words, because they're supernatural, I thank you that you're going to speak into every heart this morning and show them, each one, right at their point of need, what you would have them do, what you would have them know, what you would have them feel, Lord God. And Father, we just um, give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because, Lord, it's all about you. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege of preaching your word in this house this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Second Corinthians, as you all know, comes... I need to stop kicking, don't I? Thank you very much. Kicking the goads as I walk. Second Corinthians follows First Corinthians. And um, 
And as I was preparing this message, I thought, what is the main message of 2 Corinthians? And as, as I sort of researched it, I thought 2 Corinthians really encourages believers to embrace and follow the way of Jesus that transforms our lives, but also the value of generosity in our lives, the value of humility in our life, and the value also of weakness, which is a real... Um, strange thing to think about because when we think of weakness we think of it in a negative sense and yet in Christ in our weakness is his strength made perfect so as I started to research it a bit I thought well what's the context that this was written in and so my friend Matthew Henry he's a wonderful commentator in the word so I did a little bit of research and through Bible Gateway as well and it turns out that this letter was written to the Second Corinthians in around 55 AD and it was written from Macedonia and it refers to an upheaval in the Christian community there during the course of which Paul was really insulted and his apostolic ministry and his authority was brought into question and it was challenged as well. And because of this incident, Paul said he wasn't going to go to Corinth again, but he sent his fellow labourer, Titus, and you might know Titus from the, the Bible as well. So Titus went off to the community of God. What happened there, a lot of it is, is uh, surmising, but... Titus ministered to the community there and the person who'd been causing or the people that had been causing all the issues turned around and repented and um, apologised and got their acts together so that they could get on with the work of ministering the gospel as well. And so Paul expresses his joy at that news that Titus has brought back to him and Paul's authority is restored you know, sometimes when you're doing something for God and you know God's given you a word, God's given you something to do and someone challenges you, it can be a real kick in the stomach, can't it? And it can be like you, you go back to that place where you think, now did God really say this? Did God really give me this to do? Did God really ask me to walk in this direction? Because if he did, why am I getting kicked? Why am I getting insulted? Why am I getting rejected? Why are all these things happening? But this book in... Um, Actually, the whole of 2 Corinthians, I was listening to it over and over again on double speed in my car on the way up. I wasn't speeding, but my words were going speed. And it was just washing over me, washing over me, talking about grace, talking about truth, talking about repentance, talking about, you know, no matter what's happening in your life, you can rely on God and you can trust in God and you can know that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect for the things he wants to do in and through you. And I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm still talking context. But it's really exciting to, to find a, a, a book like this that maybe I'm the only one that is facing some challenges at this point in time. But, you know, is it just me or is there anyone else that can relate to stuff happening? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. So in chapter 4 we see the constancy of Paul and his labour as they work and it's spoken of in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1. We see their sincerity. We see that the dispute and the objection is sorted out. We see that their integrity is proved. And we see their courage and their patience under sufferings. That whatever their sufferings were, that they just kept at it. And that hope that they had in Christ kept them from sinking. It kept them from fainting. It kept them from falling back from the goal that God had given them, the commission that God had given them to, to move forward. And so 
while ever we are going through stuff, we can look at that letter to the Corinthians and say, this is what Paul went through. And I'll dig a little deeper in that shortly. But let's get into the text now. We have this treasure. You see, we are are carriers of the divine seed of the word of God. When you give your life to Jesus, you carry within you the Spirit of God. And when you read the Word, you place that Word within your heart. And that Word is like a divine seed. And it's a supernatural Word and it's a supernatural seed. And through that, you have the power to speak the words of Christ. You have the power to to know what God is saying to you. You have the power to overcome because He's not only put His Word in you, He's given you His Spirit. And through that, you have the power, the power of God unto salvation. And it's an amazing thing because so often when we are first born again, when we first come to faith in Christ, we can say without any doubt, my God can do anything. My God is a God of the impossible. And then we commence our walk and it gets a little harder and we forget that first faith that we had. And it's, it's like wisdom tries to overtake and it's wisdom that is not born of God that overtakes and and deflects you and distracts you from the main purpose of what God wants to do in you and through you and when we come back to that first love remembering the joy of our salvation remembering the love of God we can know that he is faithful God is faithful he will accomplish what he has said to do he his word in you he will perfect that which concerns you and the condition is that when we're walking in obedience to Christ he covers us he keeps us safe in the palm of his hand and even though we might take a few kicks to the the shins or the head or whatever God holds us he keeps us safe he keeps us strong and in our weakness it it is designed to keep us clinging to God cleaving unto God relying on God turning to God so that when these things happen, we are not responding out of our flesh. We're responding out of the Spirit of God within us and according to his word. You see, it's really easy to be a good person when things are going well. It's really easy to be kind when people are kind back to you. It's really easy to be encouraging when others are encouraging you. But the true measure of what God is doing in you is when things are tough, when things are going down that are really hard. How do we respond? We talk about if you want to make lemonade, you squeeze a lemon. What do you get when you squeeze a Christian? It should be Christ that comes out. When we get squeezed, it should be the the fragrance of Christ that, that emanates from us when things are tough and when things are good as well. I've got a bush at home and it's, a, it's called a rose geranium. And every time I brush by this rose geranium, I get this fragrance of roses and it's the most beautiful thing. And I didn't know what it was. It was just plant. It's looking good, you know. And then I've got, has anyone seen Leaf Shot? Leaf, Leaf Snap? It's, a, it's an app you can put on your phone. And you download this app and you take a photo of the leaf or the flower and it will identify you for you what that plant is. And I found that this rose geranium, it's a rose geranium. And that's why this green spindly thing smells like roses without any flowers at all and I thought you know that's how we should be when someone brushes against us they should we should be emanating the fragrance of Christ the love of Christ we should be able to you know no matter what's happening in our life respond out of the love that God has put in our heart knowing that this life that we have for however many years we have we've got one life 
We get one shot to do this. We get one life to serve. And, you know, whatever we do, we do it with all our hearts as working for God, not for man. And um, anyway, I digress. But leaf snap, rose geranium. It's very good. This treasure, the treasure is the gospel of the word of God and his presence within us. And it's a promise also of his outworking in our lives and through our lives. The Bible also says to hold fast the word of life. Hold on to it. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine like lights in the world, holding fast that word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. We are carriers of the message that God has put in each one of us. Christ in us, the hope of glory, the promise, the power, the direction and purpose of God in and through our lives. He is our strength. He's our shield. He is our all in all. And when we all take of that revelation that God shows you just how beautiful you are, just how magnificently made you are, just that there's, there's only one you and there's one you that was born and when you were conceived, you were already created in Father, Father God's mind. This is this child, this son, this daughter that's going to be born into this family and this is the plan I have for this person's life. And then it's finding Jesus as we're born and, oh, by the way, Sophie and Daniel Gartridge, they had a daughter on Thursday. Yeah, give them a clap. She was born at 12.37 on Thursday afternoon. She weighs 3.88 kilos and she's 50 centimetres long and her name is Evie May Guttridge. Isn't that awesome? So this child has been born into the house and it's just an amazing thing. That's church growth at its finest. <laughs> Go forth and multiply. How good is that? But everyone that is born, God has a plan for their life. God has a purpose for their life. And God is faithful. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And even though we may walk away at times or become discouraged, God is always there as we turn back, turn fully into the light of God, knowing that he's there for us and we are those earthen vessels. And I'll get on to that. <laughs> be who God has called you to be. Take up the sword of the Spirit and wield it. The Spirit of God through his word. Don't be doormats. Don't sit back and take those things that are meted out to you. The injustice. You don't have to respond. You don't have to be reactive. But don't be passive in the things that come against you. Reflect it to God. Draw it through your spirit. Say, Lord, this has happened. I feel like rubbish. What do I do? Do I retreat? Do I run away? Do I hold my ground or do I keep moving forward? You see, if we give up, it's our choice. If we give up, we let go of what God wants to do in us and through us and some of the battles are really hard. But God has a purpose through each and every one of them. Use the word to fight your fights. 2 Peter 1, 2-4. to 4. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We can be partakers of divine nature. We're being transformed and changed day by day. You know, we look in the mirror darkly and we don't understand all the things that are happening, but one day we're going to stand before the Lord and all things, we will know all things, the Bible says. So in the meantime, be that partaker of the divine nature and trust God with what you're going through so that you can keep going and keep maintaining and keep moving forward and keep serving God to the best of your ability. And when you've got to the end of the best of your ability, just keep trusting God because that's when he comes through so powerfully and gives you all you need to walk in that obedience. So we are earthen vessels. We're moldable. We're breakable. We're carried about. Some vessels are used for good purposes and others for things that we might not talk about. Either good or bad or questionable, things or nothing, we're all earthen vessels. Some pots are large and some are small. What size is your pot? If you're an earthen vessel, how are you looking? (laughs) Some are thin, some are round, but all are unique and are all designed with a purpose in God. But pots that are earthen are breakable. They're not titanium. They are breakable. They get knocked around. They get chipped. They get broken. Some get crushed under the weight of things that happen. God has so ordered that the weaker the vessels are, the stronger his power is to flow in and through each one of those vessels. His power appears, may appear to be, and that treasure itself, that treasure in the earthen vessel is the power of his spirit within us. So we understand we're not invincible. We do break. We do get cracked. We don't have to be perfect to serve God. You see, we can have walked far away from God. We may have only just come to faith in God. We may be a long, long time in God. But sometimes our little pots get a bit knocked around. But God is the potter and we're the clay. And as long as we are sitting under that stream of the Holy Spirit, keeping us moldable, God can work in us and through us. And sometimes the bits get broken and fall onto the inside of those pots. And that's when we say, Lord, we're cracking. We're really cracking. (laughs) Put your hand on the inside and scoop out those bits and then just mold it back in the way you want to make me, the way you want me to look after I've walked through this time of trial and this time of challenge. But even happy pots that are full with wine all the time, they can get a bit smelly, so pots need to be cleaned as well. (laughs) So, you know, whatever your pot is and the use that you are in God, and I mean this with all sincerity, allow God to do the cleaning, allow God to do the shaping, allow God to do the healing in you. You're not disqualified from your past. You're in the now where if you confess your sins, your faith, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
No matter what has happened in our lives, we're as far away from Jesus as, Lord Jesus, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, set me back on that course that you want me to walk on. I'm imperfect, but you are a perfect God. You're a wonderful God. Take me, mould me, make me, shape me. And where all the cracks are, let your light so shine. You see, when we're cracked pots, that's how the light gets out. We're not perfect. We show Jesus through the honesty and integrity of the walk that we have. You know, sometimes we can be a little superficial. You know, someone says to you, how are you? I'm great. God is good. Jesus is working And on the inside, you can be feeling absolute trash. You choose your moments and you share with people that you love and who are of the same spirit. Say, I'm really struggling. I need the power of God in me. I need God's strength. And I need to respond in honesty so that we are not Christians with this facade, which I think in some respects is dishonest, you're kidding yourself, you're kidding others. If you're feeling rubbish, that's okay. But you don't have to stay at that place of feeling like rubbish. You've got to take it to God and you've got to take it to those that you love. So please pray for me. Please help me through this. The word says don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will look after itself. Each day has enough of its own but seek first his kingdom. So when stuff is happening in your life and things are coming against you, you can take it to God and say, I'm really struggling with this, really struggling with this, but I know that you're good, I know that you're true, I know that you have a perfect plan and I want to fall in line with what you want to do in me and through me. So honesty with God, with yourself, because sometimes we're in denial because we have this mask on where we think we have to be all things to all people and we do to an extent... We've got to shine Jesus, but it's the reality of the cracks that are in our pots where we can actually be honest and say, look, I'm having a really rough time. I'm facing a health challenge. I'm facing a financial challenge. I'm facing a relationship challenge. You know, you you let those things be known because then the community of God can come around and support you. But also when we're ministering into uh, a community of not yet believers, they can see that, yeah, you're real that you are going through stuff and yet you still hold fast to the word of God. You still hold fast to Jesus as Saviour and Lord. You still hold fast to serving God no matter what's happening in your life. And that's what I'm about to get to in this, in this passage of Scripture. You see, Christianity is not the sacrifice that we make, but it's the sacrifice that Jesus has made on our behalf. And that's what we trust in. It's not our sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross at Calvary that we trust in, we cling to, we adhere to, and we declare no matter what's happening in our life, I believe in the Son of God. He died for me and I have life. I have eternal life. And I, people say, what, what do you pray for me? I wish you Jesus. I wish you Jesus. I wish you a revelation of Jesus that you would know him as the risen Lord, as the Saviour, as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords, as the one who spoke and, and, 
and dead people came back to life and they were healed and the lepers were healed and people were baptised in the Holy Spirit and places were converted. That's the Jesus that we love and we serve. And in this time and in this place, while we have freedom to preach the word, that is what we will do at Bridge City Church because Jesus is good. So it's not the sacrifices we make. But it's a sacrifice he made for us. We trust in that. We love on him. You see, religion, it will bind you. It will, religion focuses on the sacrifices that we make. It, it focuses on the law and it focuses on rules and regulation. It binds and it restricts. And the word says, not what one jot or one tittle of the law will pass away, but we are not under the law, we are under grace. We're under the grace of God. We're under the grace of God through the shed blood of Jesus. And that's what I'm talking about. It's relationship, our relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus gives us the freedom to be who God is making us, despite the fact that we are cracked pots. We are free in who we are while we allow God to work in our lives to resolve the things that are happening in our life as well. And through grace and law in Jesus, we have that perfect balance. It doesn't give us the freedom to go out and sin and do all that stuff. And yet we can confess our sin. But that freedom in God is through his grace. And why would we tread that grace of God under our feet when we've received such an incredible gift of that life in Jesus. The excellence is of the power of God, Christ in me, the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. See, honesty. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Not that we can do what he can do through us, but what does he want to do through us today? What does he want to do through you today? What does he want to work in your life with? And we boast. We don't boast in anything but in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he said, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Paul says he was hard pressed on every side. And when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through, hard pressed on every side. Let's have a look at this. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with real stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys of ten, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak. 
who is made to stumble and it does not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Paul was going through some stuff. He'd been through some stuff and I thought, wow, what an example that is for us. You see, the word, it's so supernaturally practical for us that no matter what you're going through, we haven't been beaten, we haven't been whipped, we might be hard-pressed, we might be in despair, we might be discouraged, we've not been shipwrecked, we've not been... Read the, read the book. When you've got some time, read 2 Corinthians. It is amazing. It is really amazing. And I just really sense it's God's word for his church for today with what is happening in our world. So when we're struggling in thought, word and deed, when we're suffering, remember what Jesus has done for you, that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in you and through you so that the flesh doesn't exalt itself above what God wants to do in you and through you. Remember that no matter what you're going through, you haven't suffered to that point of death. And even if some of us are called to be martyrs or some, you know, you read some of the stories of Christians who serve God overseas and have been martyred for their faith, and God gives them, and I'm sure he gives them a glimpse into heaven as they're losing their life for him, We are not called to that kind of persecution, but if we were, God would give us all we needed to survive, to thrive and to pass on into glory, having served him to the fullest extent of our ability. Hard-pressed on every side. Sometimes you feel like, who's heard the saying between a rock and a hard place? That's a bit squishy, isn't it? Sometimes you can do nothing but just stay wedged in that place until God does the breakthrough for you. Remember, the more cracked that you feel, the more of God's light can shine in you and through you. The more you can lean into God for him to do the healing that you need in your body, for him to bring the revelation that you need to minister to you through those times of hard pressing and despair and discouragement. When we come to the end of a season, what do we do now? When we come to a time maybe of retirement or moving or buying a new house or whatever, new schools, new jobs, you know, new relationships, end of relationships, Lord, I'm hard-pressed. What do I do? Seek God, his kingdom, his righteousness and all these things are added unto us. You see, he's given us the excellence of his power, the power of his Holy Spirit. And that excellence of the gospel of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit opens our minds to the things of God, the God thoughts, the God possibilities. It converts our conscience, brings us into an awareness of the things that I was doing that maybe were not not great. So the power of God as we press into him converts our conscience and makes us think, yeah, I need to let go of that. You see, we don't need people to tell us what to do. We need the spirit of God to bring the conviction. Because if we go about, unless you're a prophet, if we go about telling people what to do, so often the result is condemnation. But when we allow the spirit of God to work within us and his word and prayer He does the converting of our conscience and adjusts our mindsets. God changes us the way that only he can. He converts our soul, changing from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God, to bring joy into your hearts. All is the power. All is the glory. 
All is the honour for him when we understand that it's Christ in me that is at work in this earthen vessel, Christ in you, in your little pots, at work to will and do God's amazing will for your life. It's that intimacy of God in our relationship where he pulls you in. He draws you into himself. He enfolds you in in a love that no other human person or even a dog, (laughs) an unconditional love that he gives you and ministers, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you. I have a plan for you. It's a good plan. And it may be a tough time at the minute. Hold my hand and I'll take you through. He's good, isn't he? He's good. Walk in that grace. I think I'm done. But be kind to each other. Because you don't want to knock another person's pot to pieces. Instead... Of looking at others, look at yourself, say, God, I see that in someone else. I don't like it or I do like it. I leave them to you and I pray for them. But God, make me the best vessel that I can be in you. Be kind to each other, reach out to each other, love each other. And we can only do that when we know the love of God when we are loving God and when our heart's desire is to do nothing more than serve him to the fullest capacity of our being. And remember, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's all things that he calls you to do. Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me, gave his life for me. And so I remember the life and the death of Jesus when I go through things knowing that he's paid that price for me and for you. And for everyone that's alive and ever has been and ever will be. Because he's a wonderful God. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace in the wondrous and the matchless name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name that... Lord God, brings us to our knees. Father, we thank you today that your grace is sufficient for us and in our weakness is your strength made perfect. Father, I thank you for every person in this place and those online today. I thank you, Father, that you've created and building each one of these people, each one of us into a vessel for your glory. Father, I thank you for what you are doing, what you have done and what you're about to do. But Father, I also thank you, Lord God, that as we yield to you, 
Lord, you can fill us with your spirit as we just say the name Jesus. Lord God, fill us. Fill us to a place where we know that we can rely on you. We can fully trust in you. We can know, Lord God, that your word is truth and you love us beyond measure, beyond any human capacity to understand love. Father, I pray that no matter what is happening in lives today, Father, for those that don't yet know you, that they would reach out and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Saviour. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to take my life and make of me this cracked pot that I am, what you have designed me to be. Father, I thank you that as I turn to you, you will forgive my sin and you will wash me and cleanse me. And God, you will set me upon a path of restoration and reformation, Lord God. For those of us who know you today, Father God, where we are hard-pressed, where we are discouraged, where we have been beaten down, where we are at a place where we feel like, well, who are we to serve you? Father, I pray for a divine revelation that, Lord, as you're, you are the potter and we are the clay, Lord God, minister to each and every one and bring healing into every heart. Lord God, I pray that even though we are broken, we will shine Jesus, Lord God, in everything we do. Father, I pray that we would be filled with your spirit. We would be people of your word, that we would not be blown every which way of every doctrine or thought or philosophy that's happening, Lord God, but that we would be people of the book, people of your word, Lord, filled with your spirit for your glory to serve you with all the days of our lives. And Father, I pray today for those who are brokenhearted, minister, Lord God, to each one right at their point of need. Lord, I pray that you would remind each one who is struggling today of your power at work in, in their lives and how you want to work through their lives, Lord God. And I thank you that you are the amazing giver of grace and strength and that we can get back up one more time and move ahead in you, Father God. Thank you for servant hearts to serve you and esteem each other higher than ourselves. I thank you, Father, that you are wondrous God. You are Abba Father. I speak this, pray this, in the matchless and the wondrous name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.